great future. We're talking real money. Hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the the Friday edition where I try really hard to answer all of your questions, no matter what they are. We take them all. And by the way, I I actually don't listen to the question until right now as I'm recording this. So I love to hear from you. I, I can't believe the number of questions we get. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tons of them now are coming in to TalkingRealMoney.com, either written or uh, spoken. And we do love the spoken questions. So thanks so much for being a part of it. And let's just get to the questions because the first one's a long one. Hey, Tom and Don. Great show. I enjoyed Retire Meet, by the way, for the most part. A few things seemed a little uh, little on the salesy side, but I know you guys got to make a living, so it's okay. Uh, a lot of good information along the way, and I always enjoy Paul Merriman, so that part was real good. Um, hey, I got a question for you guys. I'm just looking for uh, some direction. I, I have um, I have a lot of money in um, in Vanguard Total Bond, and I have some money in a, another fund called Ponax, uh, P-O-N-A-X. It's a PIMCO uh, income fund. Um, and just for what it's worth, that fund, if you were to look at that fund, there's uh, – there's some uh, there's some fees associated with it that I wasn't subject to pay because I was able to buy this through 401k and it was part of the deal. We don't, we're only really it's a no load for me. Just uh, the management fees a little higher than an index fund. But at the end of the day, that fund has thrown off a lot of uh, a lot of cash over time. Um, but having said that, I've kind of watched the value of it decline pretty steadily for the last eighteen months. I've watched Vanguard total bond decline pretty steadily for the last 18 months or more. Um, and I realized that while I'm getting additional income from the funds, um, as you know, the Vanguard total bond because of the, uh, well, because it's total bond, it hasn't caught up with uh, some of the, you know, kind of short-term rates that you can get. So I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this would be a good time to just, um, Take the money and take the money out of these things and put them into some things earning, you know, four and a half to five point one or two percent, depending on what I buy. Uh, but you know, there's there's uh, there's the short term treasuries that are paying over five percent now, and there's CD ladders, you know, three, four, and even five year CD ladders paying over that, and it's it's you know it's more or less guaranteed, uh, no risk. Uh, return more or less. Right. And, um, I, I don't know. I, I think in two years I would probably make back everything I've lost in the bond fund for the last 18 months, just in, uh, just from the 5% alone. And then I'd be ahead of the game after that. I, I'm just struggling with watching the, uh, the asset value continue to decline. Uh, the net asset value just keeps going down. And I realize that bond BND is, is up slightly this year, but it's way down from where it was. So it's got a long way to go to catch up, and I, I'm just wondering, what are you guys advising your clients? Are you are you are you moving them to these fixed income, uh, you know, sort of risk free, guaranteed five percent return vehicles, um, and moving out of some of those bond funds? Uh, just a curiosity. Um, I'm way too heavy in bonds, and I'd like to I'd like to move the money around. So if um, if you have some insights or suggestions, I'm I'm all ears. Thanks again. Love the show. Keep it up. See ya. 
Well, Retire Meet, I'm glad you came. Retire Meet is both an educational event and, sure, it is definitely designed to help us get business for our firm, uh, Appella Wealth, uh, because that's what supports everything. I can tell you there would be no talking real money without Appella because they pay the bills. They pay my salary. They get it up on the air. I mean, we do have some advertising dollars that come in from it, but basically those go to promote the show so that we get more people listening. Because it still shocks me that some of these horrible, horrible shows have such big audiences. Um, you know, people, I mean, they're just blatantly ripping people off and people listen. So anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Thanks so much for listening. I'm glad you appreciate the show. Let's talk about fixed income. We suggest bond funds because bond funds are simple. Bond funds are really simple for you, and they have tended to work very well in client accounts. 2022 being the biggest aberration in almost 100 years because um, we had a period of interest rates that were ridiculously low. So these bond funds loaded up on low-paying securities. As you said, the BND is the total market. Uh, PIMCO fees are still high. They're not just a little higher than an index. They're like 10 times higher than an index. So it's not one of my favorites. And they also do a lot of active management of bonds. It's one of the reasons why it hasn't fallen as far. But in in the long term, we believe, and base, it's based on decades of numbers, we believe that as the yields are rising on those bond funds, that will begin to help you recover some of those losses. And then the other thing is, is that bonds are a fluctuate or bonds are fluctuating based on interest rates and interest rates have been ratcheted up and up and up to try to kill inflation. But when inflation eventually gets killed, either through a recession, banks failing, maybe uh, rates will very likely go back down. And when rates go back down, the value of those bonds bounces back up again. So I'd hate to see anybody selling at the bottom of the market. I, I really hate buying high and selling low, which is exactly what you'd be doing. Now, as far as new money, or if you want to take a tax loss, I guess I'm okay with it. I'm a big fan of building ladders. Here's the biggest problem with ladders. Our brains. Our brains. Because we like to believe that we can feel the future. We can feel it. So let's say you built a five-year ladder and your one-year 5% CD is coming due and rates have gone down. And you're looking at a new five-year CD that's um, paying only about 4%. You're thinking, I got all these fives. Do I really want a four? And you know, rates have come down a little bit, but it feels like that's only temporary. I, I think the Fed will start raising rates again. So I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait in money market for a while, making three and a half or 4%. And then when they get back to five, I'll get back in. Do you see the problem with that thinking? You're trying to time the market. And what if they don't get back to five? A ladder is great for someone who is highly disciplined. And I don't think you are. I'm sorry, but I don't think you are because you're considering selling when 
after the bond funds have fallen. They've already fallen. We don't know that they're going to fall anymore. They may be done. They may start going back up again. I don't know. As you said, BND came up a little bit. How do you know how much farther it has to go? You don't know. That's the problem. You don't know the future. Yet we like to believe we're smarter than the market forces that drive these prices. Would you have been comfortable building a five-year ladder when CD rates were at a half a percent? And the Vanguard total bond index was still paying 2%. Would you have been comfortable with that? My guess is no. We always second guess and try to anticipate. And that's why we still tell our clients, hold your bond fund in the proper, in the proper percentage for you and leave it alone. Yes, it goes down. And yes, it very likely will come back up again someday. Don't know when. Um, but trying to guess never works. I mean, sometimes it works short term for somebody, but that's all anecdotal. The evidence says it doesn't work long term and it doesn't work in mass. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for your question. And now, ladies and gentlemen, guess what we're going to do next? I'm going to answer another question. This one. Hi, my name's Julie. My mom just passed away a few months ago, and I'm helping my father with his finances. My father's retired, and he's 79 years old. And we're looking to consolidate some of his funds in his portfolio. My question is, can I transfer funds from a managed account into his existing IRA, which is with Fidelity? Or do I need to open up a Roth IRA for him and transition from a managed account into that? Thank you. I'm sorry you lost your mom. Um, and it's great of you to help your dad. The semantics are the issue here. This is a question of semantics. Uh, by managed account, I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, I, I know that that means that someone is managing the money for your father, but the devil's in the details in this case. He has a regular IRA. Great. Does he need a Roth IRA? Don't know. Probably not, because he's already taking his distributions from his regular IRA. Is the managed account a 401k, 403b, 457, IRA, or Roth IRA? That's the question. What kind of managed account is this? Or is it just a regular taxable account on which um, dividend taxes and capital gains taxes are paid as they're realized in the account? If this just is a regular old kind of brokerage account that somebody manages, so no, you're not going to move that into an IRA or a Roth IRA. You can't. You'll just put it where you want it to go. And it sounds like he has a hodgepodge. So you may need some guidance from a please, 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 100% fiduciary advisor, someone who does not ever sell commission products, not selling insurance, annuities, or any of that garbage, to at least, at least look this portfolio over and see what's likely to be right for him and what isn't. Look it over, though, after determining what the need 
for this money is. What does it need to do? I would assume support your father for the rest of his life. But it, at, at what level and with what level of risk? So there are a lot of questions that need to be answered, and those really generally need to be answered by a truly fiduciary financial advisor. And I don't know what you have now. If you want to call back with more information, that would be great. Or if you want to talk to one of our advisors, I promise you it's free. There's no obligation. I'm not being salesy, as the previous guy said. This is truly something that I really pushed for when we started our firm Vestry before we merged with Appella. Um, that everybody can get some help. Even if you never become a client, I absolutely promise you that if you get in touch with one of our advisors at TalkingRealMoney.com where it says meet an advisor, they'll help you figure out what you have and where it is and tell you where it might be better to put it. Talk about the situation. They can't give you a full financial plan and they certainly can't manage the money for you unless you hire us. But uh, at least they'll provide you a little guidance specifically because without knowing what kind of account it is, I'm not going to be able to answer it properly. But thank you very much for calling and taking care of your dad. Take care. Now we'll go to another call that came in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. This one. Good morning or good afternoon, gents, depending on when you're listening. Uh, first off, love the show. Listen almost every day and always find something to take out of it as uh, some good information. So really do appreciate what you guys do. But now to the meat of the question, um, I have a 401k offered through my employer that is has both traditional and Roth options, which I'm taking advantage of both. It is through Fidelity, which, and it does have pretty good options within the base employer account. But I did notice that there is an option for a brokerage link account that I can swap over some of my funds into the Fidelity brokerage link account and have a wider option of mutual funds to choose from. The only limitations that I can see at this moment is that I need to leave 5% of my traditional and Roth accounts within the employer-sponsored 401k plan. But other than that, I can move 95% of the funds into the brokerage link account and have a wider wider option to choose. I, I believe it's just Fidelity-sponsored mutual funds. Um, but wanted to pick you guys' brain to see if I might be missing anything on this. I don't see that it has any additional fees or anything like that, but um, hadn't heard that been discussed on your, on your podcast before, so figured I would ask the question. Appreciate everything you guys do and look forward to hearing a response. Thanks. Again, thank you very much for the nice words. Uh, wow. You have a far-sighted employer and a terrific option in your 401k. Now, from what I know of Fidelity's broker link for 401k plans, there are a few restrictions, and you run into one of those, but your employer's being very generous. They could make that number much lower. Now, the restriction to just Fidelity assets, make sure that's 100%, because you open up, if they are not restricting it to just Fidelity products, now, they may be restricting mutual funds to just Fidelity mutual funds because there are usually transaction fees for buying funds from other companies like Vanguard. But I doubt they're going to restrict ETFs. I don't think they would restrict them to just Fidelity ETFs because that doesn't make sense. If they're not restricting you as far as buying individual stocks, then you know they're not restricting you for ETFs. And if you can get into ETFs, then that opens the universe of Vanguard ETFs, iShares ETFs, Avantis ETFs, dimensional ETFs. I mean, it really gives you some tremendous options 
And I have to tell you, I would use ETFs because ETFs are going to give you the kind of asset classes you want to build that massively diversified portfolio we want you to own. So this is an incredible 401k plan, and you're very lucky to have it because all we usually hear about is insurance company 401ks, which are the worst 403bs. So good job. Tell your employer, thanks. That's terrific. And let's do, um, based on what we have left, yeah, let's just do one more question for today's podcast. Hi, Don and Tom. I have a quick question for you. I'm thinking of putting half of my emergency fund into the Vanguard Federal Money Market Fund so I can write checks if I need to. Victor, Michael, Frank, X-Ray, X-Ray. Is that a good idea? I've had like $5 in it for the past 10 years and haven't lost anything. Uh, it seems pretty safe. Is this a good idea to do with um, half or more of my emergency fund? Thank you very much. Well, it's certainly not a bad thing to do with your emergency money. It's a good place to park emergency money. Uh, remember, the yield will be all over the place depending on what the market is doing on a particular day or two because they own very, very short-term government paper. But because it is government paper, it's one of the safest money funds around. It is incredibly low risk. Um, great, great yield. I think the SEC yield right now is about four and a half percent. So, you know, that's terrific, but that's because short-term rates are up. So it's a great place to park money. I would have no problem with it. I believe it's, for those of you who want to put more than a quarter of a million dollars in a, in a, in a liquid fund, like you who own businesses, you're better off going with something like this than exceeding the quarter of a million in a bank. Plus, most bank savings accounts don't pay this much. <laughs> another another good reason. I mean, you know, my $200 Bank of America savings account is paying a whopping 0.1% still. Why? Because they can get away with it. Because I've got 200 there. <laughs> I should probably move it. But, you know, it's just, I, I, it's not enough. If it was a bigger number, I'd move it. Uh, so, yeah, good, great. Thank you all. I appreciate your questions. We really appreciate you listening. We beg you to please tell more people about the podcast and the show that we do on Saturdays. And by the way, if you'd like to communicate with us live on the on the show, every Saturday is when we take calls live. We actually talk with you. You just give us a call at the same number you call to leave your questions. That's 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call us between 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. every Saturday, and we will take your questions and comments and spend some time with you discussing any money matters that matter to you. So do that Saturdays, and it's really easy, and you can almost always get through. And let's see what else. Oh, if you like what you hear, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts or rate us at Spotify and keep listening. I appreciate you being there very, very much. I'm Don McDonald. Most of my life, I sit around my studio talking real money, it seems. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. As you keep the lawyers happy.